series called uh, Choices, and it's about the choices that we make, not just the big choices that we make, not just the choices to change jobs, but the choices that we make moment by moment of every day and how those choices impact us. Because the quality of your decision determines the quality of your life. You know, a lot of times I think we as adults, we, we think to say something like this to our kids that are growing up or to young people. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that Brandy and I say every time our kids leave the house, I mean, now we're with a whole other set that haven't started leaving the house yet, uh, but our, when we had teenagers and now they're adults, one of the things that we would always say when they left was make good choices. And that wasn't a cl- cliche type of thing. It was a, hey, pay attention to the opportunities that you have to make a decision, to make a choice, and make the good ones. Uh, but I think as adults, sometimes we forget that we still face opportunity after opportunity to make choices and that we also need to make good choices. So like every other relationship you have, your relationship with God is determined by the quality of the investment. You will be as close to God as you choose to be. I hope, I hope you believe that. Because I've heard so many, so many times people would blame the distance that they feel from God. They would blame that on God as if he's kind of turned around and walked away or has taken a step back from them. God just never does that. He never does that. In fact, I would say that if there's, if there's things, like you've heard the thing, can God create a rock that's too big for him to... I think it's impossible for God to, to be distant from you. He never is. He never is. Yet sometimes I've heard people say that he's, he's distant or that he's removed himself from their life. And, and that just doesn't happen. The choices that we make help us draw close. So if you want to be close to God, you make choices that lead to that. That the result is, as I decide to do this, the result is I'm close to God. The same thing happens in any relationship that you have any relationship. If you want to draw close, dudes, let's think about back when we were first just liking our wives, uh, and then we started loving our wives. Think about what you thought about then. All I kept thinking about was like when I went to sleep at night, we were in dorm rooms at, at college. I couldn't wait to wake up to see her at breakfast. Typically, I probably would not wake up that early to eat, but if she was going to be there, I was going to be there. Right? I, I, I ended up getting a second job in the dish room at Cracker Barrel because that's where Brandy worked. I was working at a furniture store, and, yeah, and I felt like I wasn't spending enough time with her or at least around her. So I got a second job in the dish room because that's the only place they were hiring uh, at Cracker Barrel. And has anybody ever worked in a dish room? Dude, it is. It is nasty, right? It is It's some kind of crazy, but I got the job because I wanted to spend more time with her. I wanted to invest in uh, in our relationship. The same thing it is with God. If I want to be close to God, then I have to learn. I have to make the decisions that become investments to draw close. Through God's gift of salvation, we have the privilege of living in relationship with God. Salvation is more than just fire insurance. You might have come up in this very traditional way of thinking where it was heaven or hell, heaven or hell. And if you went to church, it was always fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone. And and while some elements of those are both needed and and true, the, the relationship that we have with God is because he loves us and we should love him. So it's not just fire insurance. It's the opportunity to do life every day with a God who loves us outrageously. But the challenge each of us face is getting so busy or so distracted that we give the leftovers of our lives. And I would say that most of us in this room, maybe even all of us, 
have fallen to this from time to time, that we end up giving God what's left of our energy, what's left of our thoughts, what's left of our time, what's left of our finances, when God deserves the very best. And if we can begin to make the choice to give God our first and our best, I can promise you this, that your relationship with him will draw closer and closer and closer. And the reality is that everything that happens in your life just becomes different. You'll still face very different circumstances, but you'll see them very differently, right? You'll you'll continue to face hardship, but you'll be able to walk with joy through the hardship. This is what a relationship with, with God gives to us. And he longs for us to be close. Matthew 6, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So what are all these things in that verse? If you go back, we don't have time to read the context, but if you go back to read the context of that verse, all these things will be given to you. Everything that you need, that's what it's talking about. Everything that you need will be given to you if you seek him and not everything you need or not everything you want. I think especially in the U.S., because we're kind of spoiled in our country, you know, we seek all the things and all the stuff, and then we expect to be close to God when that's the exact opposite. Seek him first. And this is, this is kind of one of, the, one of the wonderful things about God. Not only does he end up giving you everything that you need, but he also gives you many things that you want. The Bible says that he'll give us the desires of our heart. Now, I believe that our heart has to be aligned with him, but he gives you some of the things that you want too, but it all comes out of relationship. Everything that you need is given, and I think sometimes many things that you want. So here's the thing when it comes to choices. You need to pre-decide that you will seek first the one who matters most. Seek first the one who matters most. When I was wanting to develop a relationship with Brandy, she was the one that I wanted to spend the most time with. We started out kind of hanging in a group of like 12 students. Uh, The fun fact is, Brandy and I never dated, and that's the truth. We never dated. We never went on a date. Well, it was like a month before we got married, we actually went to Disney World, and that was the first time we went off together just to do something. Uh, I mean, we only knew each other for a few weeks before we got married, so we didn't have time. No, I'm kidding. It was uh, was a little, little over a year, but we spent some of that in different in different states. But because I wanted to draw close to her and none of the other females that were in our group of students, I wanted to spend most of my time with her. The one that I was trying to develop a relationship with ended up having most, if not all, of my attention. So let's read a passage of scripture real quick. And I want to read the entire context. I think we could probably skip around a bit. Um, But I I want to read the entire context. John 15, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. You know, I just thought, I, th- I think I have the New Living Translation on my, uh, on my tablet here, so you might have a just a slightly difference on the screen. Sorry about that. John 15, 1 through 8 says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. 
But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings glory to my Father. So as I think about this fruitfulness, I think about us living a fulfilling life. And and how do we do that? How do we accomplish this? The first thing you have to know is Jesus is the vine. We see that in John 15, 1. Jesus is the vine. Human beings, we were created to function in relationship with God. That's part of the reason we were created. God created us so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could worship him. And it's through God that we discover life, purpose, and joy. We would see that in John 10.10. Like if you feel like you're at a place where life isn't that fulfilling, then I would say just step back and examine your life to see are you connected to the vine? Are you remaining in the vine? Are you seeking first Jesus? So if you're struggling in life, listen, I would always say, there's been a few times in my life, in fact, when before we came to, to Cornelius, I, we were in transition, and it seemed like a very long transition to me, and there was, there was a few times where I really began to struggle with being content in who God was because I wasn't happy with where I was. But when the realization came, look, it's my, my relationship and everything in life, I don't have to suffer and I don't have to feel like I'm lost, I just have to seek him more. And so for me, it was a very easy transition, and I would admit to say that in a few years, I had to do that a few times, begin to refocus. And it was all based on this feeling of not being content with who God was or with my life. So the first thing we have to know is Jesus is divine. The second thing you have to know is this, you are the branch. 15, John 15, 5 says that. He is divine, and we are the branches. And just as the branch receives life and the potential for fruitful from or for fruitfulness from the vine a lot of f's in that sentence so we are dependent on Jesus he's the vine and we're supposed to be connected the branches we're supposed to be connected to him let's remember that again in these in these times of feeling where where we're lost or distant or man don't try to evaluate or assess god and where he's at evaluate and assess where you're at The third thing is this, God desires fruitfulness. We see that in John 15, verses 5 and 8. He desires fruitfulness. God's plan and purpose for your life are great, and he wants to position you for effectiveness. But you have to to decide to be connected to the source. I've got this this wonderful little plant that I dug up from my neighbor's yard. No, I'm kidding. This is a little blueberry bush. I, it, it was almost impossible to find vines, but this is, this is a, a little br- blueberry. Oh, it's, okay, it's got the label there. It's a blueberry. Anybody like blueberries? I've got a bowl full right here. Does anybody, anybody want any blueberries? Maybe not. I'm thinking now it's going to make my teeth blue. But I love the fact that, that when, when we're talking about God and being connected to him, he says he's the vine for a particular bush. Let's just think of the trunk or the, uh, the, the main shoots that are coming from the soil, from the ground. We're the branches, and this is the thing that God desires us to be fruitful. If I end up with blueberries stuck in my teeth, make sure you guys let me know, especially you guys on the first few rows. He desires us to be fruitful. In fact, he's created us to be fruitful. Each one of us as Christ followers, we should be expanding the kingdom of God around us. When I think about fruitfulness, that's, that's what I think about, that we, we're being used to touch and to minister and to encourage and to pray for healing and to lead people to Jesus. He desires us 
to be fruitful. Now, if, if, we've got these, if we've got these nice blueberries here, and these are actually really good blueberries, and we've pulled them from the bush, and we just leave them in this bowl. Let's just say we left them in this bowl, and maybe we'll try this just so we can see. We'll just leave these here till next Sunday. No. No. What happens to these one? You sure, you sure anybody know? I'm like, nah, if you put your hands in there. What's going to happen to these blueberries? They're rot. And it's a process too, right? It's not just like right now they're great, they are tasty, and then in a few minutes they're going to be rotten. It's a process. And over the next few days, if I left these here, just as a science experiment, <laughs> there's a process of them rotting, right? Listen, God desires us to be fruitful, and if we're not careful and we're disconnected from the source of life, guess what happens in our life? Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of rot. <laughs> and this is the thing that I think is scary to me. Many times as Christ followers, and I, I want to include myself in this, many times I'm not aware of the process of becoming rotten. It happens slowly. It happens because I've disconnected for a day and then two days and then three days and four days. And then a month later, I'm like, man, I haven't spent the time with God that I need to spend with him. I'm not connected to the source of life, to the source of joy, to the source of hope, to the source of fulfillment. And I need to be connected. It happens with any fruit. We're, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be fruitful. And by the way, what fruit is going to grow from this plant right here? Blueberries. When I think about being connected to Jesus as the, the source, the vine, guess what I'm supposed to be? Like Jesus. Not like David and not like anybody else that I might see on TV or on the radio or in other churches. I'm supposed to be like Jesus. And when I stay connected to him, when I abide in him, I become more like Jesus. Which brings us to the fourth point. The key is this, to remain. We have to remain. We, we can't just have, if, if we want this blueberry to live, we can't just leave it connected, pull it off, and then like, got to put it, you know, put it, we have to remain. And I think it's a practice of us, especially in the U.S. You know, I, I, I don't admire, uh, um, well, I do admire, that's not the word that I wanted to use. Uh, let me step back. I went to the Philippines on a mission trip, and, and when we were, we were in the jungles of the Philippines, and we got the opportunity to go into several schools, and they were talking about Jesus in their schools. In their schools. We were able to go in and, and speak to them about Jesus, and pray with them, and pray for salvation, and we saw some students come to know Jesus in a public school. But this is what I kept hearing from the Filipinos. They wanted to come with me to America. They wanted to be like America, and I was saying, no, you don't. You don't want to be, I can't talk about Jesus in public schools. I, I certainly couldn't pray that one of you would receive salvation in a public school. You guys have that here? No, you're remaining in Jesus when our country uh, continues to separate and separate and separate. And when I say our country, I, I don't mean our government. Our government's not meant to be Christian. Our government, in fact, can't be Christians. People in government can be. But when I say our country is getting farther and farther away from Jesus, I mean us. I'm not going to blame that on our government. Our government was never set up to be a godly form of leadership. But I can't say us as Christ followers. We've got to remain. We've got to remain connected. Listen, the word remain means to abide, to live in, or to dwell in. 
It's the charge to live our lives fully devoted to Jesus and to draw life from him. That's what it means to remain. And so each day as I'm remaining in him, I want to think about this drawing, drawing life, drawing peace when I need peace, drawing answers when I need direction and guidance, that I'm drawing from Jesus, the source of life, every day, not just every once in a while, not every other day or every week or every Sunday because I'm going to church, but every day I'm remaining. That's what it means to remain. To remain, you must deepen the quality of your devoted time with God. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to close with a song. But I want to think about this as they come up. I want, to, I want to talk about putting this to work. The first one is this. Pre-decide a time. If you want to remain in Jesus, if you want to spend time with Jesus, pre-decide a time. Is it first thing in the morning? Is it the last thing before you go to sleep? Does your, is your day uh, hectic and so the best time would be over your lunch hour? When I was in high school, I loved Jesus and I was pursuing Jesus. I got a job at a farmer. It's much like a Walgreens or a CVS, much like those things. I, and this is what I found. I found that I didn't know my Bible as, as much as I thought I knew my Bible. And I found that out because there was a, a guy there. He was a Jehovah Witness. He was actually a really big dude, and I was really intimidated by him. Uh, he had this gnarly scar on his face, uh, and I was scared of him. Uh, and, and I would always try to schedule my lunch uh, or my breaks when he wasn't because I was just nervous being, I was just nervous. He was a huge dude, nervous being, but he was a Job, Jehovah Witness. And guess what this guy ended up doing? He kept, ended up, he would find when I was taking a lunch break and he would take his lunch break at the same time. And you know why? Because he wanted to bring his Bible in and he wanted to teach me about being a Jehovah Witness. And I thought, my goodness, here I am pursuing Jesus and I don't bring my Bible. I don't bring my Bible to work. And if I did, would I actually open it up? So I started bringing my Bible. And me and this guy who I was totally nervous to be around ended up building a great relationship. He would, he would read through his Bible, and I would read through mine. I never left believing what he believed, and I, and I don't know that he ever believed what I believed. But it was this awesome thing where I found the, these moments. And for me, that was part of remaining in Jesus. That not only was I drawing from him, but I was also trying to seed that life into somebody else. When, when works, find a time. We can't use the excuse of, well, life is just too busy. I'm just, oh, like, have you spent some time with Jesus this week? Oh, I know, but I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. I think he understands. One, I don't know that he understands. And two, he certainly doesn't like the fact. So whatever time works, pre-decide a time. The second thing is this, pre-decide a place. My thing is this. It's probably not going to be in the room where all of my kids are. I'm just saying. Sean and Vanessa would know a lot about this. Five little kids running around the house. It's probably not in the playroom that I'm going to separate my time to spend with Jesus. Predecide a place. We need a time and we need a place. Where is that? A very godly man that, that I looked up to a lot growing up and still do. Uh, he was, as he got older, he was having a hard time. He would wake up, he's a plumber, and he would wake up really early, and that's when he would read his Bible. And as he got older, he found it difficult. So he would get up early and he would fall asleep during the times he was reading his Bible. And this is no joke. This kind of proves what kind of, what kind of dude this guy was. He, he ended up resorting to something that I think was extreme. He would literally stand on the side of his bathtub 
you know, the side, the side, you know, it's about that wide. He would stand on the side of his bathtub because on the side of his bathtub, he was not going to fall asleep. And he would spend at least 30 minutes standing on the side of his bathtub to read God's word. And maybe that sounds silly, but this is a guy who wanted to spend time with Jesus. And because that was the best time for him to do it, he just found the way. So predecided time, predecided place. And the last thing is this, predecide a plan. Predecide a plan. I follow the, the Life Journal reading plan. It takes you through the entire Bible in a year, but there's so many different sources out there for you. There is zero excuses for us as Christ followers to say, well, I'm just not quite sure what to read. You can go to Bible Gateway. That's the place that I would send you, Bible Gateway. Uh, it has a lot of free resources but it also provides you with reading plans and you can choose reading plans. You can have the app on your phone. It'll give you, send you verses of the day. It'll let you track where you are in your reading plan. We have to have a plan. We have to pre-decide. It has, it has to be predetermined, the time, the place, and the plan so that we can remain in Jesus. In life, we make time for what really matters to us. So choose to seek the one who matters most. We are going to end with a uh, worship song, nothing else. And so I just want us to, in just a moment, stand to our feet and, and allow this song, let, allow our worship to him to be the response of us choosing that we're going to remain in him. That nothing else, no one else matters most or above God. So if you found yourself at a place where maybe you're not remaining in him, maybe you're not dedicating and giving him enough time and enough energy, could we choose to do that this morning? And I would say this, I think there's a biblical guarantee that everything in life begins to change because as we draw close to God, he draws close to us and that makes all the difference. Are you with me on that? It makes all the difference. Let's not give God our, our tired last few minutes of the evening before we go to sleep. Let's find a place. Where, now, if that's your best time of day, then give, it, give him that. But find the best time, find the, be the best place, and find the best plan to spend time with Jesus.